0: dreaming let's do some reality checks so how to know if you're in a dream here's here's the checks here's what they call reality checks stare at your hand do you have five fingers now if you never had five fingers maybe this question doesn't apply to you <laughs> if you're someone with an extra pinky extra thumb if you lost a finger in a fight then yeah of course this doesn't apply to you some people are born with I forget what it's called but when it's just like it's almost like when you do with like a Star Trek symbol with your hand, you know like the V <laughs> for virgin Um it's almost like your your middle and index finger is one finger and then your marriage and your pinky finger is another finger and they only have that bit you know so it's very rare you can be born with that for everyone else that normally has five fingers four fingers in a thumb Look down at your hands, there they are, put them out in front of you. They look normal, great, you have passed the first reality check. Um, Usually in a dream, this isn't the case, there's there's oddities that aren't always there. Uh, You just don't notice it because you're not conscious enough within your dreams, Um, and you're not conscious enough in your dreams because you're not conscious enough in real life. So today's a little bit of a double barrel. I want to talk about dreams but I also want to talk about meditation um, and how that helps not just for your life but for your dreams if you really want to become present within your the dream world and, and not lose out on hours of sleep um, you know you can, you can get more bang for your buck um you know, dreaming takes up a lot of our life. Um, Let me, let me me just check here. Because I read it just recently. Hmm. Yeah. So basically, Spends about 26 years sleeping in their life, which equates to nearly 10,000 days or 22,000 hours, and we spend seven years trying to sleep. That's a huge amount of your life. Now, we could talk about different forms of sleeping habits, different hacks. Uh, we might save that for another episode once I've experimented with a few because I've always wanted to. There's many different sleeping cycles out there. You don't have to do the now. I close my eyes and they don't. I don't open them up for five to ten hours. You know, probably if you're in your teens, if you're a young adult, or if you're just a deep sleeper, you probably get seven plus hours a night. Like maybe nine, ten. Some use out there with COVID or because you're freelancers. God knows, you probably sleep, I don't know, 15 hours, who knows? And then there's other people. The light sleepers, the people who are stressed, um, the people who are literally just, like, physical formation of caffeine. They're just the embodiment of caffeine. They do not need sleep. They, they get four to five hours a night if they're lucky, and they don't even complain about it. They don't even need more. They just constantly live in a go, go, go. Maybe they're kind of in a weird, like accumulation to fatigue, like they just got used to it, and they just passed through it, or they're just those people, you know them, they just don't need the sleep, they just want to do, they just want to get up and get you done. Regardless, the sleeping formality, the sleeping process throughout the globe at the moment is the close your eyes, lie in bed stay there for hours predominantly sleeping and wake up and then it's your daytime and you do daytime shit Um, the thing is though this doesn't really apply to everyone there's a reason why some people have more energy at night and some people have more energy in the morning some people are morning risers and some people are night owls Um, and this was actually to protect the tribe I think this goes back to us being animals being out in the dark some of us staying up late after the tribe who are sleeping some of us waking up in the morning to do stuff and also to kind of protect those who are asleep you know it's like a, a survival thing but there's different forms of sleep There's there's so many around the world that that are uh, healthy they don't fuck up your health but they i don't know i think it depends on your genetics and your personality that, that find which what suits you almost like diets, there's so many diets in the world at the moment and I don't think there's a one shoe fits all you know, the Atkins and the Kino vegan meat only you know, vegans are upset with people who only eat meat, but it's like they're literally getting health benefits from this this doesn't apply to everyone but there's specific rarities out there, you know and then there's some people that try veganism for a while and say, oh it's not it's not for me i would lost all this muscle and fat uh, i'm not getting enough protein and i don't know we're all built differently there's some commonality between everyone there's some form of base level but then after that we're quite individual and you can almost split humans up into different subgroups that goes beyond gender or race but more about like just personality types and, and body types. that have different shapes and different needs. So it's interesting, it's interesting. But like, we won't go down that road tonight. I've had a few beers. Uh, three tree beers, I'm drinking Tisky. It's a Friday night. I won one round of Uno against my parents. So I'm not I'm not feeling we're not, you know we're not on fire as much tonight as as we were last night. I got three wins. So, you know, that's sweep them. Sweep the floor with the mask, yes like. Um Yeah, this become this actually become a thing through a quarantine, playing you know, with my parents. I'm usually busy during the day, I'm exercising editing, I'm trying to create something or I'm online with friends playing, whatever. Or I'm out. I'm out for a walk, for a run, out in nature. But I always try to make sure to have dinner with my parents and then we play a round of Uno afterwards. And you know, it's been fun. Playing cards, you know, that's the thing that brings us together. They watch their shows together. I don't I don't watch the same stuff as them. So we don't have that, but we have we have cards. That's the thing that brings us together. Anyway, I'm getting I'm getting ahead of myself. I want to talk about dreams. So, dreams, 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 dreams. How? What are dreams? And and how do you become more present in them? How do you control them more? And don't lose out on all that time. Um, what did I say? Twenty six years of your life are spent asleep, you could be more conscious, you could be having a, a, a lucid dream with all that time, you know, creating fantasies and getting lost in a more playful, imaginative version of life, um, a warning, before we begin this episode, I have not lucid dreamed yet, not fully, and so take everything I say with a pinch of salt, as there are podcasts out there that's specifically talk about lucid Dreaming and how to do it this episode is accumulation of a lot of those different episodes piled together uh, the details mightn't be as thorough as if you listen to people who know exactly what they're talking about but consider this like a beginner's guide slash summary of how to how to get there And maybe a more efficient way, without all the fucking details, like, do you really need to listen to 50 episodes? Well, yeah, you do, I mean, if you want to get good at anything, right? It's like, you could just get the quick fix of how to get your body right, and it would probably work. But the details, the details do matter. Anyway, look, we're going to do a bit about tonight. Um, Yeah, what is a dream? So dream, according to Google. It's a succession of images, ideas, emotions and sensations that usually occur involuntarily in the mind during certain stages of sleep. The content and purpose of dreams are not fully understood although they have been a topic of scientific, philosophical and religious interest throughout recorded history. There you go. Now, practically speaking, Dreams can be considered a mishmash of visual and sensational, well, images and feelings based off what you went through in the day. Like a, the body, the, the, the brain's, the mind's way of processing memory. So it's collecting the data of what you learned, what your experiences were, everything you went through. And it's trying to create some type of a different folders for what happened. And and through this process, your brain almost makes it a, a type of a artistic fart, which is a dream, right? That's, I think that's, <laughs> that's what everyone is told what a dream is, scientifically speaking. It's just your brain's way of processing the day, and it seems to come out in this weird jazzy style sometimes could be seen as quite metaphorical because there's a psychological process of of dissecting your dreams and finding out a reason behind them that seems to be quite universal as well, interestingly enough Um but then there's also just like, nonsensical stuff, like I said a, a, a jazzy fart, as you might call it of, of processing memory <laughs> But where things get weird with this is, have you ever had a dream that you may have forgotten about? Or maybe you remember, but then happens later on that day. What's weird about that is that's not your memory being played back to you in some sort of strange distortion. That is almost premonition. Which doesn't make sense, unless we are about to open up to the concept of time only being linear by the limit of our senses. Because that is one concept, that time is not this linear passage. We don't go through time straight, we just experience it that way. Yeah, no, but then are we going too deep into quantum physics, which itself is a form of jazz and... and You know, a lot of the crazier Albert Einstein theories. Um, I don't know, let's take a sip of beer and see what this Polish tiski has to offer. Oh yeah, just downloaded some information there. Straight into me human brain. Do you know what they actually said here? A dream is something you are aware of at some level. It may be fragmentally disconnected and illogical. So it can be that. Um, a lucid dream is when you become present within your dream. You, okay, you become, it's like, it feels, it doesn't have that l- um, that distant feeling that dreams often have. It's almost like you're, you're, you're hyper aware. A lot of people go through life never experiencing a lucid dream, or might get it once, and then not be sure how they got it, or worse, they could have a a episode of sleep paralysis, which of course is horrible. Um, If you've ever experienced that, they can be known as night terrors, but... Overall, you you want to experience a lucid dream. I've broken through what's felt like twice, maybe three times in my life, where, you know, I could feel that peel ripping off as if you were daydreaming and then you become present in class. That feeling of you were aware of what was happening, but you weren't... You weren't practicing the skill that's always there, the ability to really... It's, it's, it's like everyone has this skill and in one way it is something you need to learn it is something you need to get but more than that, really because this is what I've learned through reading the book The Power of Now through Eckhart Tolle most of us actually don't realise how easy it is to become present it's, it's the removal of doing anything it's literally always there if you just can concentrate on letting go it's hard to explain, and yet it's so intuitive to all of us. If you, I've done this before in, in certain episodes, but I'll ask you to take a breath with me. We're going to breathe in through our nose, stretch our diaphragm for five seconds, then hold it, and then release out our mouths for five seconds, and then hold that. And we're going to do it twice. If you'll please humor me, no matter what you're doing, just stop. You can take ten seconds out of your day to do this. No, those mats were wrong. <laughs> you can take uh, 40 seconds out of your day. It won't even take a minute. But put your hand on your stomach. Okay, let's put uh, your vanity to the side. Who cares how big your stomach gets? This is the proper way to breathe. You do not breathe with your lungs and your ribs. You breathe lower than that. Deep into your diaphragm. You want to ground yourself, right? Let's go. already. three, two, one, 2, 1. In through the nose. Stretch that belly out and hold and out to the mouth <sighs> hold into the nose and hold out to the mouth <sighs> mm. so even doing that again wasn't even a minute of my day I feel more grounded I feel more chill I feel more relaxed I feel present I feel like my thoughts have slowed down and I'm out of my head and into my body which is a great feeling there's some type of pride in overthinking in society and we all fall for it this idea that we need to always be thinking of everything always be worrying about everyone always be worrying about ourselves always be stressing and second guessing and looking around the corner and just worrying and, and just stress stress in general which is an interesting conspiracy theory of time you know most disease is stress eighty percent of all diseases resonate from stress uh, when your body is not stressed it is of course healing so you Kind of a crazy thing to say in one way because it can be quite offensive to a lot of people but i do believe just like how you get caught and it the scab heals i think the body's capable of healing and i don't know why that sounds so crazy to people like oh like wolverine like well no like look at your finger when you cut it it heals you get new skin you lose a nail you get a new nail Why do you think anything's going on any different underneath the body do you know how much money the pharmaceutical world make off you being sick you think they want you to get better you're their biggest product why does that sound like a conspiracy theory to people that massive businesses want to keep making money especially when you're the product don't get better they need you sick (laughs) Anyway, this shit kind of angers me, um, but like, what am I, I'm not, I'm no medic, I'm just, I'm just some lad that finds, what do I find, I find, I find that like, natural, Healing, natural health, I find a lot of hippie, new age hippie concepts more interesting than science. Um, I do, and I don't think I, I believe in it more because it's interesting. I think I believe in it more because it has has some more connection to earth rather than corporate gain that doesn't mean that i think every part of it out there is true that doesn't mean i think crystals heal people i don't know enough about crystals but like you know it's it's not necessarily that i'm giving myself up to that whole philosophy and giving up on science it's just that i think a lot of science or modern science has led to do less to do with finding the answers and finding discoveries and more to do with business and money and even in the last For decades, we've seen so many articles be released. um, that have proven that a company's research was backed, or scientific research was backed by a company. For years, for years, cigarettes were being advertised as perfectly healthy because who were funding the experiments other than tobacco lobbyists. So, I mean, like all you have to do is go back 20 years in history for like anything that you think is such an outlandish statement of conspiracy theory and you'll see that maybe you're the one afraid to actually just question things cuz it's uncomfortable Begin back to dreams um what the fuck am i talking about don't yeah don't stress how would i go from trying to prove that I was not stressed, and then spent 10 minutes like passionately just just ramming my view down your throat there you go I don't know um clearly I need to get that off my chest yeah but I kind of believe it like I do oh yeah that shit drives me crazy Especially if it's true. Like, what if more people were to meditate, were to just, like, look after themselves, were to watch their mind and, and slow things down and became more concentrated on themselves and their own clarity, their own happiness? Like, would there be less disease in the world? Getting from Getting out of your head and more into your body almost feels like... You left a room and you're now in a house, you know, or you left a village and now you're now you're in a forest. You're in a, you're just in the big, wide open. There was like so much more to explore you didn't even know about. That's actually better for you because you got out of like the noise, you got out of the, the small confinement that is just like your mind, which is a a it can be a city street just full of noise and people. On every side of the table arguing for its its opinion to be heard. See, that's the thing, though. Not if one needs meditation as much as others. Recently, I have found that doing a meditation in the morning and also in the evening overall keeps me keeps me quite calm and and light later, then I can be being cooped up at home all the time. But thankfully, I don't know if I was saying this in the last episode, but the quarantine limitations have opened up. And so, yeah, it's nice. I got to go for a run. Got to meet up with, with friends and go walk to the park. I had a squirrel come up to me. It was fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, it's nice to, to be able to ...actually socialize again. Um, Like that morning when I was running with my mates... we went for like a 12k run through the Phoenix Park... ...and it was the first foggy morning... ...and it felt like a dream, like everything... ...the whole sky all the way down to the ground was white... ...literally just 15 steps ahead of me... ...and you couldn't see anything, like you're running through... ...a fog, a whole, whole canopy... As far as the eye could stretch from the road up it was just white smoke, and you'd see like these antlers, these deers, just running through. You could see your own breath, like it was so frosty. I felt like I was I was jogging through a dream. This cold sweat. I love moments like that. That's one of the reasons you should get out into the world, get out into nature. It reminds you how dreamlike everything is. The reason you should lose a dream is because, like I said, you could get those hours back, but also you could do anything you want in your dreams once you learn how to control them. People learn to fly, people build things, people have amazing conversations. Sometimes people have sex with others in dreams and describe that as very powerful, although, funny enough, I've also heard for a lot of people it, it, it ends the dream. I don't know what that is about. I feel like that's almost—I haven't looked into this. Into this, but I wonder if that's—if that's similar to like killing someone in your dreams. Maybe you cannot do that, have sex, or or kill someone in your dreams without. That being said, I've definitely had sex in my dream. But if you become lucid, I feel like something different happens do the dream characters know that they're in your dream how conscious do they become how present do they become to your awareness there's a thought so let's um, yeah here's the definition lucid dreaming is when you're conscious during a dream this typically happens during rapid eye movement or em sleep that's when your eyes flutter um, here's a little tip, by the way, if you do a meditation or hypnosis, I usually start it off by doing that eye flutter. The reason is, is it sends a message to my brain to let me know that I must be entering REM stage, and it will hopefully release more serotonin or DMT into my body, uh, and maybe even melatonin. So when I meditate, I'll actually feel more relaxed and more like, kind of, like I'm on a psychedelic, basically. Like give me a little bit more of a trip, a bit more of a imagination and um, i think this is a technique i learned years ago when i did a course in hypnosis i want or well hypnotherapy i wanted to heal myself and heal others i used this help uh, this hypnosis at the time to help me with um, my issues around sleep um and Yeah, I I actually loved doing that course. What's it called? Insomniac. Yeah. Yeah, I learned hypnosis to help me with uh, insomnia. So I've had a a little bit of a weird relationship with sleep. I I found in my pre-teens and teenage years I found it very hard to sleep at night I mean, don't get me wrong, I could definitely I was a deep sleeper and I would sleep for hours but my issue was getting into the sleep so I mean, I could sleep for hours at the weekend I could sleep for hours if I'd done it in the morning but obviously with school, this was a huge issue because um, I could not sleep at night and then I'm awake early so I'd be sleep deprived for years but yeah, I hate it, I hate falling asleep Hate saying good night, like to the day, like letting it all. But I also loved the space of night. I loved it that my that everything, you know, everyone gets quieter, everything stops, and it's almost like your thoughts get bigger. Like as the day removes light and everything fades away, there's just this darkness and space, and so your thoughts brighter to fill in that space if that makes any sense it's like your inside world becomes bigger and so I always found that more fun or where I was more myself and so I enjoyed that feeling of day turning into night but I I, I also was terrified by it and I didn't like to sleep because then I wouldn't be experiencing it, it's a weird one, but yeah rapid eye movement is I think usually the induction of of dreams, I think dreams are usually closely connected to to when you experienced A lucid dream is a type of dream where the dreamer becomes aware that they are dreaming during a lucid dream A dreamer may gain some amount of control over the dream, characters, narrative, and environment. However, this is not actually necessary for a dream to be described as lucid. Hmm. There you go. Let's have some tisky. So, yeah. To lose a dream, you have to become self-aware. And present. Um, and like I said, in one way, this is something you need to exercise. Just like you get better at the gym. If you want to become more present, self-aware, more mindful. Present. I said that. You have to practice it. But it's a it's the art of letting go. That's what's so... Specific about this, it's like it's like fine tuning a feeling of of release. And even my, me in in my, you know, I don't drink much these days, so I'm feeling these beers. Me in my drunk state, let's say my tipsy state. I've gone off topic. I've ranted a few times, but I've also had very clear present moments of clarity within this these last 20 minutes, I can I, I can imagine there's been at least 4 or 5 moments during this podcast where I, I found a stillness, and so that's what it's about, it's hard to be here all the time until you've practiced it long enough, but the fact that you can even notice yourself kind of drifting off, even if it's only once every 5 minutes, and pulling yourself back to a centre that's a big thing for someone who may have a lot of frantic thoughts for someone who may be quite anxious because then imagine what's like in social settings if you're overthinking or you're too nervous and then you're able to be like, oh wait, I'm okay deep breaths, feel your feet all of a sudden you're like, you're actually there in the room you're not in your head, you're not thinking about others you're not thinking about what to say next you're not thinking about anything you're not judging people and you're not thinking about them judging you just so present all of a sudden every object in that room becomes real and you become realer not just as the thoughts in your head but as this object this physical body like you're watching yourself from a distance astral projection style some people find that uncomfortable why is it is it because then you almost don't matter as much like you're observing yourself as opposed to being yourself i think there's a a sort of a ego attached to it um this is talked about when people have an ego debt which is can be experienced through psychedelics it is a common term that is coined to describe the sensation of detachment from one's identity that you might feel on acid mushrooms a high dose of marijuana or true meditation and lucid dreaming, these type of experiences, where you're observing yourself from almost a distance, from a third-party view, and people kind of feel scared or threatened that they're not this feeling they've grown accustomed to, which is the mind and the body and and the, attachment to that feeling but the closer you can get to loving this experience and finding it comfortable I think it'll actually enrich your life and meditation has been said before to get you to be a a preparation for death that might sound grim to some of you but I think it is important to be aware of your own mortality everyone, everything dies this whole world it's all a death and a rebirth and i think the sooner you can get to realizing that you are on that cycle as well the more you'll actually experience an appreciation for every moment i think so So, how I learned to become present. There's a few different subjects I'm kind of talking about at the moment, but they all connect. One way to become present is obviously breathing. Another way is to feel sensations in your body. The whole point of it is to get out of your head. And what is the most quietest thing you can hear at the moment? What can you smell? What can you taste? what tastes on your mouth the more you can get locked into your senses the better what's 5 things you haven't seen in this room that you now notice what can you feel where are the tactile feelings in the air what's the temperature how's your fingers feel what's the energy in the room can you sense it you know this. this stuff this way of locking into your senses takes you out of your mind and makes you more present. Um, A lot of these things come more naturally to you if you practice meditation. Meditation in its simplest form is basically just breathing slowly, being calm, being one with your mind or with your body even, and allowing thoughts to go or to observe your thoughts or to specifically think about things you want to and not get carried away with all the negative narratives in your head. Either way, meditation allows the body to have a quick reset and allows for rapid healing, in my opinion. If you can master these things, you are more likely to have a lucid dream because while you're dreaming, you'll do the things that you're doing now, which is instead of just kind of being on autopilot all the time through your life and kind of experiencing the world through all your thoughts as opposed to kind of releasing the thoughts and actually becoming there because you're not you're not and i wasn't maybe maybe you're closer to it than i am maybe you're further away from it but for most of my life I wasn't really there and something switches when you realize you're you're here again it this is such a a subtle detail that is hard to pin down and describe Other than, it was as if you were daydreaming, and you finally realize you're on a bus. It's as if you're daydreaming until you finally realize you're at work, and this is your job, and these are the people that you. You know, it goes back to this subject I brought bef- brought up before on the podcast. Like, have you ever just looked at people you know and thought, "Look at the human body; it's so bizarre. Why are we used to this? It's a." we're aliens, it's such an odd thing, it's only normal to me, because it's always been normal to me, but if I, like, swipe the the slate clean of of my memory box, or play, play pretend for a second that I've never known what a human is, it's the most oddest thing ever to look at, we're aliens, we're such aliens, don't get me wrong, I, I love the human form, but it's Bizarre, fucking bizarre to look at. So, yeah, it's this type of thing. It's about becoming hyper aware, about becoming present, about being conscious, plugging in the ability to let go, to become so present, to watch your thoughts disperse from your head as you get good at this skill, this essence of you, this, this uh, observation that was always there you can always sense at the back of your head this awareness um once you allow it to brighten up your whole being you will lose a dream more and in your lucid dream you'll be able to control it and experience lots of incredible things and it's just a great skill i think a lot of us should be working at one way that i've been doing my best to lucid dream i said at the moment is meditation Another thing is, I have a journal right beside my bed, so once I wake up, I write down my dreams. You need to write it as soon as you wake up, because the thing is, a lot of people experience, is that you might remember your dreams, and then you get up out of bed, and it's like 50% there. you've walked out of the room and you're about to brush your teeth or you're about to walk down the stairs and it's like 10 percent there you can just feel it slowly disintegrating between your fingers it's like you can almost feel the essence of the dream but you can't articulate it and it's just these like just these disintegrated blobs of paper just left in your hand as if you like it's as if you got someone's number you got like a, a, a letter from someone, and it said something beautiful, and then you got caught in the rain, and and you want, you want to remember what it said, but it's just falling apart in your hand. There's some dramatic imagery for you. So yeah, it's weird. As you become awake and more conscious, the dream world escapes you. It's almost like you've left a room, you've walked out of a a part of your brain that you cannot access but you can sharpen um it's about becoming more aware becoming more self-aware having more presence in both your waking life that will reflect then your, your dreaming life and and having a journal by the bed allows you while you're still in a bit of that mind to write it down it also shows your brain that you care about what you're dreaming about and so becoming more conscious in your dreams would be more likely and you will be again if you just even start just do your best to start writing down your dreams every morning have the book and pen like right beside the bed what you'll notice within a week is you start to remember your dreams more after three weeks this will become so normal to you that you'll you'll also start to find patterns in your dreams and you may start to notice things that you're like this is This I know. This room. This is a dream room. This is a thing that only happens in dreams. And you'll start to realize there's a pattern of things happening in your dreams that don't happen in real life. And not only that, but then that will also help you while you're dreaming be and you're practicing to be self-aware. You're also practicing to look out for details. And then when you're dreaming, you'll notice that's a dream thing. And you'll be like, Oh wait, am I dreaming right now? Are you dreaming? Ask yourself, ask yourself the question right now. Legitimately look around and ask yourself, are you dreaming? This is another avenue I would take to becoming more present. Deep breath in, Ah, let that shit go. Put your hand out in front of you. Get your index finger from your left hand. Have your right hand right out in front of you. Point the finger of your left hand towards the palm of your right hand. Move the index finger towards the palm and try to push through. Doesn't go through, does it? No. That's meat. That's meat you're pushing through. In a dream, your finger would go right through as if there was a hole in your hand. Why? I don't know. I do not know. It's as if if the laws of matter itself do not apply to dreams. Like I said, neither do your fingers. Your fingers, you have seven fingers, you have two fingers, it's all weird shit happening. Why do your dreams have the inability to hold on to these details when everything around it looks so lifelike? Who knows? It's, again, very jazz-like. Um, and this might sound bizarre to you, because you've probably had loads of dreams you've been like, what? You tell me if I just look down on my hands they'll be like waving, or floating, or just be like water-like or just be like two fingers uh, and yeah, I guess I guess they would and you can even put your finger through them. Um, also clocks if you look at time in dreams, they never work. Now again this doesn't make sense right there's so many things in dreams that are so lifelike you could wake up many times in your life and think something happened or feel horrible about something or something that someone did to you and then as the day goes on you're like oh wait that never happened you still have the emotion that's how real it felt but you're like that never happened my friend didn't leave me for a horse and then the horse not in that way, but like in a Zorro I don't know, I'm visualizing Zoro for some reason my friend didn't leave me for a horse ride into the sunset but then the sun ate them and then I was like Jesus, no, not the why'd you eat Zorro? Um, but the sun was like that baby sun from Teletubbies you know, the baby sun that like floats up and then laughs, and then the Teletubbies are like oh shit, time to get up Give the pancakes to the to the vacuum. Um. That show was fucking nuts. That's like that show. Like those creators were on drugs for sure. That's a. That's a night terror waiting to happen. Night terror. There we go. Let's talk about it. So what are, night terrors? Wait, what was I just talking about? Oh, I don't know. Um, I was talking about sun babies eating Zorro. See, that's a dream right there. That's what I'm saying. You access this weird imagination in your brain, and you just believe in it. But if you were to become present, you'd realize how fucking ridiculous it is that this isn't true. And then you just get to adjust it and have fun with it. The fact that time doesn't work is very suspicious. Again, is this to do with the fact that we the time does not exist in the real world? Um, it is. It is only limited by our senses, and when we're asleep, our senses aren't play? Yeah. Yeah, that would make sense. The brain's not accessing the outer world and uh, and our, our senses to stimulate itself and create a narrative. It is working from the inside out. The body has shut down. It is literally processing information and working off what it already knows. It is... Yes, that makes sense. So... Time does not apply to it when it's in that state. So it's yeah, it's it's weird. It's like Salvador Dali's painting of all the melting clocks. Dreams have this timeless essence to them. Where if you were to look at a watch on your wrist, look at a clock on the wall, they would not be working, they would be moving bizarre. Um which can be terrifying for people. That you know, a lot of people like the physical grounded sensations of of material matter and earth and time and the laws of physics and all these feelings um, of things being reliable and practical as opposed to kind of unexpected and floaty but we need both we need the yin and the yang of of everything to keep us balanced um, so night terrors what exactly is night terror night terror otherwise known as sleep paralysis is a feeling of being conscious but unable to move it occurs when a person passes between stages of wakefulness and sleep so the thing to know about sleep paralysis is if you're going to try to lose a dream you may end up having a, a an episode of sleep paralysis um, because they're quite similar in a way they're different but they're similar so when a loose dream is the a body Sleep and the mind awake. Sleep paralysis seems to be a hiccup, where the opposite happens. It's as if your mind is still asleep, but your body's awake. No, not necessarily true. Something like that. It's 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 like a it's a sidestep to a lucid dream. Um, your body is usually completely unconscious; it cannot move at all, but your brain kind of wakes up. And not in the dream state but in waking life like your eyes will open up and just you'll know that you'll you're lying in bed but you can't move and you can't talk and usually what happens is your brain is still stuck in a form of the dream world so you may hallucinate um, and of course you're not experiencing this in the dream world you're experiencing this in the real world you're lying there awake in bed not able to move not able to speak sounds horrible doesn't it and you will usually feel a presence come and lie on your chest, or you may feel someone has come into a room and is now watching you, and a lot of ghost stories and night terrors are connected to people basically just having hallucinations at night, because they've woken up within a waking dream, a sleep paralysis, Um, The most important thing to remember is that if you actually concentrate on breathing deeply and relaxing yourself and then trying to move a finger, you usually can. And then if you just kind of concentrate on that in a confident, calm way and know that everything you're feeling in the room everything you're hearing and seeing is just a hallucination just like a bad trip you would take bad drugs and and you're in a bad place and just remind yourself of that and concentrate on what you can do which is breathe deeply and move your fingers wiggle the tongue all of a sudden you'll wake the body up and any weirdness in the room will will cease to exist, evaporate, and before you know it you'll be able to fully get up and wake yourself up, and there's been plenty of accounts of people doing this, so it's important to know that, because then you're better equipped, and there's nothing to be afraid of, you should still try and lucid dream, you should not back away from lucid dreaming, which of course, as I said, is a gift to regain all those years of being conscious within your dreams, and not just have a waste of 7 hours of every night, Be gone to lying on a bed, just put your brain off. um, You should, you should still march forward towards gaining this skill. Um, For a good few of you, not everyone, you may experience a night of sleep process on on the way to that. Um, But like I said, it's just for understanding what it is, getting the right tools. and and if you don't react in the moment if you just remind yourself of what's happening stay calm and controlled and know that you have the tools to get yourself out of it you will get out of it and actually to be honest it's gonna happen to a lot of people anyway whether you lose a dream whether you try to lose a dream or not some people just randomly get sleep paralysis episodes if you're not in a good place if you're stressed you know if you're not sleeping right most nights, um, it's it's very likely that you won't just fall into a deep sleep and so it might happen where a part of your brain wakes up and the rest of you is asleep and you may be like, Why can't I move? It's horrible, horrible feeling. Um fascinating how most people I've talked to have experienced the same version of it. This whatever way the brain reacts, especially the fear parts of the brain, when you can't move and speak and when you're hallucinating they always talk about like figures a certain type of figure and uh, the way something's leaning on your chest i just think it's like it's just the survival parts of the brain um why are people imagining the same things again i think it could be psychologically explained it's just i think fear overall there's some basic survival instincts in all of us that are universally common and so the same way we can diagnose dreams and why certain dreams happen to people and what they mean across the board i think we can do the same apply the same filters to sleep paralysis and seeing the exact same things it's, it's the same formula it just seems different because you're awake somewhat awake, when you have sleep paralysis, so it seems uniquely special to your perspective and reality, but that's the funny thing isn't it, even reality itself and people's personal realities that seem unique can be quantified and broken down into our own psychology, and what we're feeling and how we process the world is what we see, you know, I mean like, all you need to know about a person is is their version of reality that says more about them than it really says about reality like how someone sees the world says more about their personality than what the world actually is because every version of the world is out there every truth is out there the comedy the drama the bleakness the joy the blessing the heaven the hell like every version and reality of earth is out there and so yeah it's, it's fascinating to hear people talk about their truth and then you realise that's that's how they see the world that's how they see people that's how they see themselves but they don't realise that that's just a story in their head it's just a narrative it's just a perspective based off their experiences doesn't mean they're wrong they're as right as anyone it's just fascinating It's fascinating that we we get lost in those narratives, as opposed to seeing what they really are, which is our brains way of just creating patterns, but we get so connected to the narratives, like we feel so personally affected by these stories in our heads, and it's it's, it's just the brain trying trying to navigate, that's all it is. So, lucid dreams, what an incredible thing you should try and do, um, it's one of been, it's been one of my main goals of this year, um, to have a lucid dream, to have a real lucid dream, the kind of one that I wake up from and be like, completely sure that I was present in it, be like, what the fuck, I was just awake in it, like an actual lucid dream. None of this half bullshit. I've known people before who've broken through. Um, I used to work with an editor in Dubai who told me that he had been practicing for a while. He did the whole journal thing. He did the whole meditate throughout the day to become more present and to be more self-aware, so that he, during a dream he could realize what is happening in front of him and not just get carried away with it. Just not instead of working on autopilot, become. Become conscious, be be completely present with every thought and action and word you you, you create, to be more of a creator. Really, really interact with your environment and your life, as opposed to just kind of bouncing. But yeah, what did he describe? He said that one night he was dreaming, and he was beside a swimming pool. It was nighttime, and it was fancy. It was like a James Bond scene and these two bodyguards came around the corner and threatened him about something that he I don't know they were like the money's not real you know this kind of thing and he was like you know looking at the briefcase of money and anyway they grabbed him they threw him into a swimming pool and then they got a sheet of glass a pain a big pain sheet yeah a pain sheet of glass and they like put it over the swimming pool and I completely covered it and he was banging, banging on the glass like trying to get out you know what I mean and he was screaming and he was obviously suffocating in the water and, and then after a while he realised it was a dream something happened in his head where it, nothing changed but then he realised this was all so dramatic and over the top and it wasn't real it wasn't real life and he just decided to breathe. He started breathing, and he started laughing, and he started swimming the water, breathing and dancing. And they were like so confused and angry, and they took out their guns and they started shooting into the glass. And he decided that their bullets would not hit him; and they wouldn't hurt him. So he just like swam into their bullets and let them touch him, and they went straight through him. And he was like ha 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 ha! And he was loving life, and he just kept swimming around and teasing them, and he broke through the glass and he flew up into the air. He just completely controlled his dream. He realized that he was the creator of it. And maybe that's the message in all of this, that you are the creator of your life, or at least a director. Maybe you cannot deeply influence everything around you. That's another subject, law of attraction, to become aware of stuff in that sense. But at least disarming all the bullshit and ego within yourself to really experience that thing that's always there that's underneath everything else, this awareness, this all-seeing eye, God, the universe, presence, whatever you want to call it, this you that is beyond you, something you have to just experience to really perhaps articulate better than I can, speaking of, speaking Uh, This episode's been a bit of a waffle, a bit of a ramble through different avenues. I blame it mostly on my low tolerance to alcohol Uh, since quarantine. For sure. It's not all bad. I am a cheap date now. So, I mean, that's good. Mm. So, yeah, I hope you got something out of this episode. Overall, I want you to please consider taking up that time the right way adding value to your life where during the day you're not just doing stuff like you might be doing incredible things with your day but if you're the kind of person especially who's just giving up so much of your life for others you know for a job and then maybe you're not crazy about the job but you do it to have money and why do you have the money so you can afford the mortgage and the house and the cars and the kids and the family and the life and maybe just even the apartment and a boyfriend or girlfriend or maybe an animal a pet you know and you're you're, you're like fair play to you you're playing the game of life Um, you don't have to play it, as long as you're happy playing it, that's good, but like, those systems in place are an option, you don't have to follow that path through life, Um, and one thing I would definitely say about that path, is it doesn't always have an extremely personal feel to it, in one way you may not feel like you're totally engaged in your own life, like you're just doing, you're just rushing around and bouncing around to do all these things that are supposed to make you feel happy but maybe you never really feel truly satisfied or happy now i don't mean this to give you a midlife crisis or make you question everything in your life but i guess i would like to think that you question your own happiness and certain things that you're doing you can't be happy all the time like i think there it's good to have a sense of duty to to do things for others to do things for the greater good to do things because well look you do believe in at least work and at least this job gets you paid and then you have money to survive and that's good fair enough but you still need time that's just exploring your inner world exploring your imagination that's kind of the secret to happiness i think try and find more of that time within you That's not to say that all monks really have it figured out, I, I, I do believe a lot of people are happy by chasing their dreams and getting that. Or others are happy with having a simple life, but just really appreciating it. So the, the, the recipe can be slightly different for everyone, but it's it's still about a form of presence and a form of gratitude and actually being there where you're being. And So going into your mind and exploring things like meditation presence and and getting more out of the hours of sleep that you get every night I think just rewards you and gives you more of your life back. And sure that's never a bad thing. So again, one simple reminder to continue doing throughout the day if you want to begin training yourself towards becoming present in your own dreams and having a lucid dream experience is to ask yourself this one thing that I will leave you on are you dreaming right now